Okay, stand by everybody. Hello everybody, welcome to Sports Scope. I'm your host, Robert Butler. Um, obviously everybody, I wanted to get on Sunday to do the program here in the Middle Tennessee area. A lot of bad thunderstorms. I lost my power uh, around uh, 5 o'clock Central Time Sunday and did not get it back on until Monday morning at 7. Last night, worked 12 hours, had to clean out my refrigerator, left my charger out of hotel room. The rest is history. That's why I didn't make it on Sunday. Did get a chance to watch the Michael Jordan last dance documentary uh, from a hotel room on Sunday night. Did not get all of my notes made on it, but I will um, talk about it, break it down, and I'll just say it's a breath of fresh air. To see the realness of Michael Jordan, maybe it'll inspire some of the modern day athletes to be authentic, be real, uh, and and not try to placate up to what people, uh, what they think people uh, want them to be. I'll explain that a little bit later. Uh, I want to talk about Don Shula's death. What does that mean for Bill Belichick and the wins history? I'll talk about that. The legendary Miami Dolphins coach. Uh, I'll talk about one of the greatest comeback stories in college football history uh, by Jeremy Pruitt. Looks like he's going to be, this is going to be a really potentially um, historical comeback from a guy who looked to be fired in his only second season as a University of Tennessee coach. I don't think that's an exaggeration. But first, let me talk about could Andy Dalton become the next Ryan Tannehill. Uh, Ryan Tannehill came to Tennessee virtually for the same amount of money that Andy Dalton did come for uh, a little bit cheaper there. Tannehill was like a $1 million guy. Uh, Andy Dalton, uh, he's a $3 million cap hit for the Dallas Cowboys. He uh, can make up to $7 million in incentives. Now, a lot of those incentives do not count against the salary cap. Keep that in mind. Very smart move by the Cowboys. Andy Dalton says had a lot of offers on the table. Uh, wanted to take something close to home. The guy's from uh, the Dallas, Texas area. Yes, he's from the Dallas, Texas area. And, you know, I want to say it was Dan Orlowski this past weekend posted that, and I've got the numbers here. I've already did the numbers here. The first four seasons that Andy Dalton uh, had with the Cincinnati Bengals are mirror images of Dak Prescott. Now, remember, Andy Dalton had, uh, he had Andrew Whitworth, who was an all-pro tackle who now plays with the Rams. He's my age. He's 38 years old and still playing in the NFL that tells you how good a player he was. He was with a Marvin um, Lewis, defensive-minded head coach. Had Jay Gruden there for a little while. Uh, did have some weapons there. I will show you this. I will tell you this. Uh, I w- on the record, Andy Dalton has been known to fold in primetime games early on in his career and fold bad in the playoff games that he did get to. Lost every one of them. Uh, got a little bit better, though. I mean, I watched him on some Thursday night games. Those uh, games got better as he got older. I will give Andy Dalton this. But let's, um, I, anyways, 
He's not a bad quarterback at all. Same thing with Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill had some injury uh, history. Uh, kind of bounced around, up playing up great one week, down the next. And now he's the starting quarterback for the Titans in Marcus Mariota's history. Could this be the same thing? Listen to this, everybody. Uh, these are Dak Prescott's numbers. 65% completion percentage, 97 touchdowns, 37 interceptions, 97 quarterback rating. Andy Dalton, first four years, pay attention. 99 touchdowns, 66 interceptions, 63.3 completion percentage. Dak Prescott had a 65.8. And overall rating was down to 85. He did have more interceptions than he did. But listen to this. Dak Prescott had a better running game. I mean, he's had Zeke Elliott. He's had a better offensive line. That uh, What Orlowski was saying, it's a comparable offensive line to a Dak Prescott. Now, mind you, Dak wants 30, $31 million. He wants $31 million. Dallas, uh, excuse me, he's going to get 30. He wants north of $31 million in his contract. Dak, uh, is actually they've actually franchised him. He has not signed that franchise tag, Dak Prescott, with the Cowboys. So they can rescind that. I looked this up the other day. They can rescind that, and he he could just be a free agent, uh, Dak Prescott. So his agent is playing. I think the mainstream media. I think a lot of your sports people are downplaying this Dak Prescott thing. Let me ask you something. With those weapons, with those, listen to this. Dak did not, is not going to go to the virtual, he's not going to go to the virtual OTA camps, participate in there. Mike McCarthy's the head coach. This is not a good move by him. Uh, I know that his agents want him to play hardball and all that stuff. But when you got a new system like that, He's got a good one. Listen, he lost me last year when he lost that Philadelphia game. They should have won that game by by even on the road by eight points. I'm sorry. And he lost that game there. He lost me there. I like the guy. He's a nice guy. This is not a liking contest. Marcus Mario's a nice guy. He couldn't cut it. Now Dak's better than him. But but Dak should 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 say, you know what? I gambled on myself and I lost. He should have signed that contract in September when it was north of thirty million dollars. He this guy, this agent is ultimately going to cost Dak. Uh, if he met, listen, everybody, if he blows and he's claiming he is going to blow off these off season uh, workouts, even the virtual stuff looks stupid to me and you. But it's very important to Mike McCarthy. And he's in charge there as a head coach. And I'm sure that Stephen Jones and, and Jerry ultimately, by the way, who is 78 years old, uh, uh, this is not good for his agent. I mean, Dak needs to really, he needs to sign that. If I'm Dak right now, I would sign that contract, that uh, franchise immediately. Now, he's got until July the 15th to do a long-term deal. And uh, you need to sign that franchise and get to those. Vir- what are you losing by blowing off the virtual OTA? It's virtual. You're not going to get hit in a virtual OTA. Uh, he had the party with a lot of people there. It was 
Uh, some people were saying it wasn't. Some were saying it were. The agent said it wasn't. That was all BS. Top eight offensive line of Super Bowl. I'm not here advocating for Andy Dalton. I know what Andy Dalton is, but I will say this. Andy Dalton's 32 years old. Ryan Tannehill's 31. Tannehill's won that job. He's got a new contract. You got to keep that in mind. Other players in their 30s, this is not a big deal. Phillip Rivers, uh, Tom Brady's 43 years old. Uh, Drew Brees is 38 years old. All of them starting. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, 38 years old. Dak needs to look at this. Andy Dalton could probably sign a $15 million contract and be happy uh, with no state tax in Texas on the back half of his career for three or four more years, and then I have to pay double that to Dak Prescott. You got offensive line, you got running back locked up, you got a you got a rookie running back. Uh, they just drafted another receiver. They have their uh, lead number one receiver wrapped up. Probably could use another tight end. Uh, I, I do like that they got they did pick up a safety in the draft. Either way, what if he starts off three and zero? What if he starts off three and zero? Are you going to sit there and say, well, "Let's put the thirty million dollar guy in"? No, they're going to keep him in and run this hot hand until he runs out. I understand Kalen Moore is still the offensive coordinator, but Mike McCarthy is the offensive. Uh, he is the head coach here, so we have to look at the whole thing here. Dallas has a really good front seven. They're a little bit uh, thin on the secondary. I get it. But if they're off the big starts, they got to play the giant, the Giants with Joe Judge. I'm not real sure about a position coach taking over and, and playing really well with this limited, uh, limited offseason with the coronavirus stuff. Washington has a new coach with a second-year quarterback. They're going to have an advantage over them. So that is two of the three. The real competition is going to be Philadelphia when they have an offensive line advantage. I'm telling you, Andy Dalton, I'm going to be an odds maker. I'm saying 40% chance Andy Dalton wins this job, 60% chance he doesn't. Those are not good odds if you're Dak Prescott's agent. Uh, he's got everything working against him. The 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 new system, the virtual OTAs. Uh, I, we, now, we know what schedule they are. We know who they're playing in the NFC East. Now, this Friday, he's a run-first guy. That's huge. They've got two running backs they can use. They did lose their center. They got another center in a draft. They have uh, an exceptional offensive line still to this day. I think they'll be better. Uh, like I said, they have two receivers. Uh, they have the deep threat they took in the first round. Uh, they have a better. They have a better front seven with McCoy and, and, and all. I, I predict they will have a better, quicker front seven than they had last year. And I just think that uh, this is – he's playing with fire. And the people are downplaying this. If Andy Dalton gets off to a three- or four-game winning streak, uh, he, uh, Dak is going to have to win the job back. And like I said, this this is not looking good for Dak Prescott. I'm saying 40% chance that, that this happens. And I would say a little bit higher. I have to see what they look like in the preseason and everything which may be cut down. All these unknowns are not good for a guy trying to learn a new system and trying to break the bank for a contract, you know. 
if he don't sign nothing by the 15th of July, they don't have to sign him. He can run off of that Dak Prescott off that franchise. He might not get any playing time. Why pay him? Check this out. Why pay this guy, say if you're 3-0, and you, you win your first three games, you upset Philadelphia and say you, you, you beat somebody you never heard of, and then you beat the Giants, okay? Uh, and then you have all that cap space ahead. Why? Why? And, and you got a thirty, you got a seventy-eight-year-old owner who 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 is on the back nine of his life, Jerry Jones. And you, why would you pay this guy all that salary cap money when you could take that money and go out and remember that the trade deadline is in October? They can go out and trade for more defensive back players, trade for a Patrick Peterson or somebody like that. Trade for uh, 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 an AFC team that may be tanking. Uh, do it, work out some kind of trade like that of that nature. You can make a run at the Super Bowl, and you could take that money that you were going to pay Dak and play it to defensive backs for teams that are going the other way come October, and then you may have yourself a deal there. I mean, it, 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 this does not look good for Dak. I mean, if I'm Dak Prescott, I sign that franchise, and I get my butt in them virtual OTAs, and I work as hard as I can work. And and my, my thing is, if I don't make it here, I'll audition for another team somewhere else. He cannot let this go on any farther. And as far as Andy Dalton is concerned, remember, he's he's been in he's been in Cincinnati his whole career. He was a second round pick. He's played under Marvin Lewis. Yes, he's got a Hall of Fame receiver in AJ Green. But you got to look at who he's played against, and you got to look at what he's dealt with. Uh, he played pretty well last year under a lot of uh, considering the circumstances with the head coach that was a position coach. So you got to keep that in mind. Uh, this is not a lock that Andy Dalton is going to lose this job. I think Dallas is underplaying it, and I think the, ma the, uh, the mainstream media is underplaying it. And I think his agent, you're right, his agent would get his butt fired if it's me. Um, that is all I have to say about that. That is a wait and see approach. Again, first four years, Dak Prescott, 65.8, Andy Dalton, 61.3, Dak Prescott, 97, 97 touchdowns, 99 touchdowns for Andy Dalton. Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind, folks. All right. Michael Jordan documentary going back to... Sunday night, didn't get a chance to watch all of it, saw enough of it, heard a lot of the takes that people were talking about with with, with, with uh, Michael Jordan. This is what I like about Michael Jordan. Now, Clay Travis wrote a book about two years ago about saying Republicans buy stickers too. He was reverting to Michael Jordan, uh, supposedly behind, and by the way, Jordan didn't deny it on the documentary. He didn't confirm or deny it, so that means, just like he didn't confirm or deny that he didn't want uh, Isaiah Thomas on the team. He just said, well, is so-and-so and, and any any certain person that I don't want to be on the team going to be on the team in the dream team? No. Okay. Just checking. That means talking about Isaiah Thomas. But I'll get to that in a minute. Political stance. Okay, Michael Jordan, uh, long story short, a lot of you all have heard this. There was this politician in, in, in Jordan's home state, the Democrat, running for office, and, and Jordan – Got a lot of heat, he, even though he did give some money to the guys' campaign. He didn't give the open endorsement. Made the famous comment, 
Uh, yeah, he is a better. And here's the thing. And, and listen, I don't care who you vote for one way or other. I really don't give a bleep, okay? But my thing is, what is it? Why do you have to feel obligated to play? And I talk about this on this program all the time. When we get to a point, and Charles Barkley made this point the other day, where we're comfortable in our own skin and we, we, we can say whatever we want to say and do whatever we want to do. We're not trying to please people. You know, he, he talks about that where he, Charles says people are going to they're going to hate you for whatever you do. Why not be yourself and, and stand for what you really believe in? So my thing is, Jordan don't owe me and you nothing. He don't own some local politician, nothing. He don't own some civil rights guy that he don't believe in, nothing. He didn't owe that guy nothing. And it's his prerogative, in other words. Why do you, what, what gives you the right to tell me who I need to back financially? It's Michael Jordan's money. It's Michael Jordan's brand. He can do whatever he wants to. You know, um, and, and all this, uh, because you're, I know Colin Coward said something about this to Jay Adonde today on his program. Um, well, me being a white person, I can't say this about the black community putting uh, pressure on here. And you know what? If, if I'm Michael Jordan, I'm black. So listen, I speak for me. I don't speak for the community. And I'm a guy I grew up in a black neighborhood, went to inner city schools, and I could say whatever I want to about my, myself. And I don't care uh, whose community I'm from. I can speak for me. So I'm kudos to Jordan keeping it real, saying what he said and doing what he's doing. I don't dance. I don't dance to a drum beat that people tell me to dance to. I'm me. I'm independent. Unlike a LeBron James who is all over the place. You know, he speaks up against our people in this country, but he talks. Uh, he keeps his mouth shut when it comes to China. So don't give me that. 50 cent BS. Kudos for Jordan. So for basically to sum it all up, keeping it real, being authentic. Uh, as far as his gambling issues, listen, guys, we all know about this. I've talked about this on the program before this documentary came on. Jordan, uh, $50,000 bet he lost to a guy uh, in, in the 90s, in, uh, some random golfer, and the guy cashed a check and it got into the paper. So that stuff is saying that he's a human being. The guy is, is super competitive. He, he, he likes to gamble. Uh, he gets into it with teammates. Um, you know, in having these adversaries, having these antagonists, people that are successful at that level. I've read a lot about successful people, read the Outliers book. And, you know, I read a lot about successful actors, business people, uh, politicians, uh, you know, uh, a lot of these people, they have to have something they're trying to prove constantly. They have to have a, an antagonist. You know, you have a protagonist, you're the pro, and you haven't had the antagonist. Jordan always have to have an antagonist. That antagonist either had to be Jerry Krause the, the general manager, which I said that was overplayed. Krause didn't take it personal. He said that that, that Phil Jackson played that up. I played that podcast, and, and that's something the documentary keeps leaving out, but that means no never mind. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, 
Clyde Drexler. The media played that up. In the 92 finals, Clyde Drexler didn't say nothing about Michael Jordan. The media played him up like, and he destroyed Clyde Drexler, and he took it to a personal level. Uh, they He has to have that chip on his shoulder. Um, Michael Jordan, they said this in the early one, but it, it makes sense now in these other documentaries, these other parts, that uh, he could never really please his dad. Uh he felt like his dad favors his older brother. And I've said this to close friends before that, that, that uh, a lot of successful people, George Steinbrenner, the owner of the Yankees, the late George Steinbrenner, felt like he could never please his dad. Uh, his dad finally says, it's about time you accomplish something once you purchase the Yankees. Uh, successful businessman, Burt Reynolds, the late great actor Burt Reynolds, uh, said that he could never please his dad. Uh, the, the, so these guys are always Tom Brady, sixth round pick, you know. Yes, yeah, and I just got done talking about that in, in the first few minutes of this program. Uh, I think that Dalton has a 40% chance, that's saying a lot, 40% chance to beat that out, period, and get another contract like a Ron Tannehill did this past year. Could be better than that. That does not need to, uh, to blow off those virtual uh, uh, camps and everything. New coach, new system. It's a huge opportunity for Andy Dalton, a guy who has gotten better in the postseason and he's gotten better in the regular season and prime time. Remember, that was a big knock on But anyways, going back to this documentary. So kudos for Michael Jordan for being what Michael Jordan wants to be. He don't let people – he's not a people pleaser. He don't do what people ask him to do. Uh, he, he lives for Michael Jordan. That's fine. He call it selfish or whatever. I call it being authentic, being real. Uh, I, I always knew he always had to prove something to the coach, prove something to himself. He he come up with these adversaries, which you know he always had an antagonist. Where it's Clyde Drexler, Isaiah Thomas, um, uh, Barkley, uh, Magic. Remember the Magic story? Him and Magic going back and forth with the Dream Team thing. A lot of grudge holding his pettiness, you know, all that stuff. And listen, they're going to talk about the fight that he had with Steve Kerr in the upcoming documentary this weekend. Uh, and Phil Jackson was behind that. He 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 pushed Kerr to, to guard Jordan harder, and, and it got physical. And, and, and Jordan says in the story I posted on Sports Scope page, this is on ESPN, a preview next week that Kerr punched him first, and then he hit Kerr in the face with his fist, and then Jordan got kicked out. You have to have that kind of edge. Uh, I call it for people like Bill Belichick, for, for Michael Jordan, uh, uh, Tom Brady, uh, Kobe, the late Greg Kobe, ticked off for greatness. You have to have that kind of – otherwise, if they didn't have Jerry Krause, Jordan didn't have somebody he had to prove wrong, this team would rest on the laurels. They would not have won six championships. I'm sorry. So I liked it. I'm looking forward to next week because I really want to see about that Steve Kerr fight, a uh, little bit more detail in that. Uh, speaking of competitive people, Don Shula died. Let me uh, change out my – I want to make sure and change out my podcast before I run over. I have to get change it out once I get close to – Okay, I'm back. All right, Don Shula died. John Shula was 90 years old. Uh, he is the winningest coach in in, in, in games-wise in NFL history. He's got 338. The reason why I'm bringing that up, 
We'll talk about the Michael Jordan documentary just a minute ago. Uh, Bill Belichick, Don Shula, talking about people that, that are that are massively successful. They always have somebody they have to fight against or or, or play to, or, or uh, have an adversary. Uh, Don Shula uh, in the 2015 interview said he called Bill Belichick Bill a cheat because that was when the the Flategate thing came out. Going back to 2007, during the Spygate issue, when they were taping, uh, uh, the uh, Patriots got in trouble for taping the Jets' sidelines. Uh, he had an issue with that. Uh, Don Shula did not like Bill Belichick. Uh, Don Shula, the only coach to, to ever go undefeated and win the Super Bowl. And I think he won one of the other football championships before it was called the Super Bowl. So, why am I bringing this up in Bill Belichick? Bill Belichick, you better believe Bill Jelichick, Bum Phillips, yeah, he used to coach for the Oilers. Bill Belichick is, is 55 wins away from Don Shula's win record. Now, Bill Belichick, he's got six championships. Don Shula has uh, two, one one cut one uh, NFL championship and one one Super Bowl and I think one extra champ whatever. My point is, you better believe. When we was talking about Michael Jordan pettiness. Bill Belichick knows what Don Shula, a stickler for the rules, and just five years ago at eighty five years old, calling Bill a cheat, and a lot of coaches around the league think that about Bill Belichick. Now they haven't saying it, but Don Shula carries a lot of weight. Okay. So he's he's 56 wins away. You better believe, Patriot fans, he's going to try to coach that next five to six years so he can beat Don Shula, and he will have the most Super Bowls as one coach, and I'll have the most career wins as one coach. Keep that in mind. Uh, to the great Don Shula, the Bill Belichick, the trophy should be called, even with the cheating scandals. And five, six years from now, with another quarterback, oh, yeah. Especially if he can win another Super Bowl, it wouldn't be called the Lombardi Trophy. It would be called the Bill Belichick Trophy. A lot of the Patriot haters hate that. But listen, it is what it is. Uh, Belichick is very vindictive. I remember one year he lost to the Buffalo Bills the second week of the season, 38 to nothing. Uh, they got their act together, the Patriots did, and they came back, and guess what? They beat these guys 38 to nothing. No, you know what? I think that he's going to – I think my, one of the theories behind Belichick is that I think they're going to have a mediocre to bad season this year, and they're wanting to get one of those big quarterbacks that are uh, either Fields or Trevor Lawrence. Uh, they've got something up their sleeve. I don't think he's going to get Cam Newton, even though it wouldn't be a bad idea. I think Cam Newton, I've said this from the get-go, I think Cam Newton, if he's smart, uh, take the Andy Dalton route and, and, and go to a team like Denver. Denver's got the defense. They've got the running game. All he need, and they've got a, a few uh, pieces on offense now with Jerry Judy, Noah Fink. That could be his Greg Olson. Very the team, ironically, that beat him in the Super Bowl. I think he could they could be a sleeper with Cam Newton. I really like Cam Newton. Uh Stanton, I'm not really sure of Drew Locke, excuse me. Not really sure about Drew Locke. New England, 
Not sure if, if, if Belichick wants to deal with, 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 with all that freelancing that Cam likes to do. Uh, my guess is I don't think he's going to go to New England. I think it'll be a wild card team that nobody ever heard of or maybe a team like a Denver. I really do, Denver or Jacksonville. But I'm thinking like a Denver because Drew Locke, I'm just not in love with that guy. Not really sure. Too many question marks on him. But keep that in mind with Don Shula and Bill Belichick, 56 wins away. He, You better believe he's not going to retire anytime soon. He wants to get that extra five or six years and beat Don Shula. And Don Shula's death reminds us of that. I'm sorry. Thoughts and prayers with the Shula family. I didn't know he's 90 years old. I thought he's about 80, actually. So he had a good run. Uh, kudos to Don Shula. I hope I can live to be 90, right? Okay. Uh, don't talk a lot of college football here lately, but I have to say uh, the coronavirus has not slowed down Ryan Day with Ohio State. Now, I still think that he's kind of he, – he's riding that – uh, Urban Meyer players uh, to, to better recruiting. They, they've got the number one class. Uh, they've been recruiting their butts off. Now, remember, everybody, these new rules now, you can sign players, and most of the good players get signed in December. So this is a big deal for 2021. So kudos right now for, to Rondé in Ohio State. According to uh, 24-7, uh, which is a recruiting site, that uh, that averages all the football college football rankings, uh, the the recruiting services into one. So Ron Day's got the number one class. But I want to talk about this comeback story that I talked about at the end of the season and into the recruiting for this year, and that's Jeremy Pruitt. Uh, I'm out of Nashville. Keep up with the University of Tennessee in the college football game. Uh, this guy. Losing to Georgia State and losing to BYU, we've already had his obituary written here. It was a done deal. It's just a matter of time. This guy's grabbing players on the sideline. That's that's a big knock on him. He's got to keep his temper in check. And all of a sudden, this team starts playing better. They win seven of their eight last games. Uh, they're, they're getting transfers like nobody's business. Yes, yeah, Clemson, Ohio State will be good, but this this Tennessee story is a comeback story. They they have the number two class in the country, twenty twenty one. They've got the best la, uh, uh, linebacker out of Alabama, which is Nick Saban's. Um, they're getting they're getting five star players out of Alabama, Virginia. I mean, you name it. Areas where they normally would lose to a Dabo or Nick Saban. Uh, how was he doing it? He hired away Jim Chaney in the offseason last year uh, from Georgia. By the way, they're still in players from Georgia. Got there, and that's probably why Jake Fromm's stock has went down, and he's with Buffalo now and not a, a second or third round pick. Uh, Georgia's offense went down. They did not play up to their talent level. And, and, and it cost Fromm a draft spot. That, and a lot of that was because Jim Chaney was, is coaching with Tennessee. He stole Chaney away from Tennessee. He brought in two former University of Tennessee players who were great recruiters. Jay Graham used to coach at Texas A&M, former running back, University of Tennessee, excellent recruiter. T. Martin, former quarterback, national championship quarterback for University of Tennessee, bringing in players to, to USC like nobody's business. Not the greatest sexes and old coaches in the world, but 
got those California connection, has a lot of Alabama connection. He was a big part of bringing in a lot of these players from Alabama, T. Martin. So Jeremy Pruitt, a guy that I called a knucklehead, he grabbing players, um, embarrassing, but has won seven of his last eight, ha- gave Georgia all they wanted to. That Alabama game with Tennessee, much closer than the box score. It was it was a bad throw in the end zone uh, that went uh, really bad play where it was a lunge play by Garantano, the quarterback, where he fumbled and it went back all the way. Yes, T. Martin is a very good recruiter. Not the best X's and O coaches. Now, Jim Chaney is a, is a good X's and O guy. And I remember Pruitt saying that he wanted Chaney to speed this offense up, you know, and – and that's what Jim Chaney did. They they kind of hit their stride. Now, all these players are coming back. Garantano's coming back. Cade Mazel's a transfer from Georgia. This is a five-star guy, one of the best guards in the country. This guy's going to be a big-time. Trey Smith, going to be the left best left tackle in the draft in, in, in 20, uh, 2021. Excuse me. In the draft come 2021. Really good left tackle. Tennessee playing Oklahoma, and somebody was saying that they should buy that Oklahoma game next year. Oklahoma might get upset by Tennessee. Now, right now, Oklahoma's probably, at Oklahoma, I'm saying, probably a six-point favorite. I'm not an odds maker, but I bet they're probably a six-point favorite. But don't be surprised if Tennessee don't go up to Oklahoma and beat them in Oklahoma. I would not be. They played this September, and there will be a game on. There's Everybody starting to report back already. Uh, the coronavirus thing is taking a downward turn. I definitely think with those two governors, that game will get played, and I think Tennessee's going to be in that game. Uh, they've got their running backs coming back. They've had transfers from uh, USC. I mean, they're getting players, at, like I said, at Georgia. I mean, they're getting massive transfers. They're second in the country. They're the number one school. If you would have told me this, uh, say, last September – uh, in May of next year, do you think Tennessee is going to have the best class in the SEC going into 2021 in May? I'll say, no, you're crazy. I'll say this nutcase is going to get fired, and Tennessee is going to go out and have to spend more money and get another coach here, and they probably got to get rid of Philip Fulmer. Well, none of that happened. They turned it around. They got the number one class in the SEC, number two only to Ohio State as of right now. Now, of course, things could change, but uh, it, it, it's it's going to be one of their great comeback stories of all time. Now, of course, they they've got to be, you know, uh, only only a better comeback air quote comeback story was the Brian Kelly story with, with Notre Dame. There was a period there I knew he was going to get fired. I just knew it. I knew it. I knew it. And, man, he hung in there, and he got their offensive line going. And, you know, Brian Kelly has coached uh, Notre Dame as good as they can be with their academic standards, their location, the competition, everything. Brian Kelly has really done a good job. Look at the players that are getting drafted. Quentin Nelson, that left tackle that went over to – uh, uh, with the 49ers is doing really good. Uh, Will Fuller, if he can stay healthy, really good deep threat receiver in the NFL. Brian Kelly, going to give him a lot of credit right there. Remember, he beat up on USC last year and a year before that, too. So he's beating the crap out of some of their big rivals. Big turnaround for Brian Kelly. 
one of the biggest swings I was almost guaranteed when he went to that slump about four years ago. He was going to get fired. He did not get fired. But now I'm thinking you lose to Tick Georgia State, your second year, by the way, and you lose to BYU at home. Okay, I'm thinking this guy is dead man walking. I'm writing his obituary. He'll probably be years. Year. Now, he's only in his 40s, Jeremy Pruitt, going back here. That he, He'll be lucky to get a coordinator job, not a coordinator, lucky to get a head coaching job at nobody's state. Well, all that turned around. The light switch went off, man. And um, I may be overstating this, but I doubt it. it it's They've had like four huge names come in the last week. And I had another one the other, uh, I think it was last night, another player committed to Tennessee uh, that was a beat out. And it's knocked them all the way up to two. But all this started on the field. You could see the team getting better and better and better. And i tell you another team that I thought that was that was full of crap and their coach was way too optimistic was Dabo Swinney. And, and that's what, not, not that he's as spiritual as Dabo Swinney. It's just the energy of the team the momentum, the way they play, uh, their their energy. Early on, I thought Dabo was way overrated. I said, this guy's really, really pumping this team full of hot air. And before you know it, they got, you know, one great player after another. The defense got a little faster. They beat up on Ohio State in the bowl game. And before you know it, they won a national championship with Deshaun Watson. Then they won one with Trevor Lawrence. And, yes, going into next year, Clemson should be by far the number one team in the country with Ohio State. Those two teams should be the clear-cut favorites. Uh, Mark Jones in Alabama, somebody's mentioned in Alabama. Uh, now, they, they've got a new offensive coordinator. They fired uh, Georgia, and they've got a new quarterback there. Those are two wild cards. Nobody knows how that's going to play out. Yes, yes, Dabble Sweeney is, is pushing up there with Urban Meyer, and 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 the Nick Saban territory. Uh, can he win again? Absolutely. Uh, very focused. Very uh, grounded. He's keeping the same coaches together. Very difficult to do it in this environment. He seems to find a way to get his coach. I noticed Texas, by the way, got their coaches erased yet. I don't know why, but um, he's getting his coaches. It's hard to keep your assistance, and that's something that Saban has not done a good job doing because he coaches so hard, but Dabo is doing that. And if he can maintain to get another championship, you got to put him above Urban Meyer. Whoever thought that he would be above Urban Meyer? I mean, Dabo Swinney is took Clemson, a team that was never good in my lifetime. Uh, before I was born, they were good. Uh, I was born in 81. They were, born in, uh, they were good in like the 70s. But yeah, Dabo and competing in a small state like that, I'm telling you, I'm surprised more and more NFL head coaches. Uh, yeah, yeah, Texas has got money for days, endowment like nobody's business. Uh, and that's another thing. Their head coach will be on the hot seat coming into uh, the Texas head coach. Uh, he'll be on the hot seat coming into the season. Um, right off the bat, that, that one's the one that sticks out more than any other team off the top of my head. Uh, hot seat, like I said, I wouldn't put Tennessee, but the turnaround they made and these recruits are bringing in. Uh, but yeah, people's going to expect a lot from uh, Georgia's head coach uh, to win more. And and of course, Texas. Texas is going to be the number one guy right now. 
that people is going to be looking at. And, of course, Michigan, Jim Harbaugh. Uh, I, I think he's going to be looked at pretty strong. Now, he's going to have a tough outing with Ohio State. They just got better players. But now this is two years removed from Urban Meyer. Usually, we'll find out how good Ryan Day is this year. Even though he's got Fields is going to be the, the, the second or the top five pick in the draft. Uh, him and, of course, Lawrence is going to be number one. Probably go to Jacksonville. I hope not. But um, that's a that's a that's for a different show for a different day. But right now, though, the comeback kid is Jer- kudos to Jeremy Pruitt, man. And Tennessee, um, like what you're doing there. Keep your head up. We will talk some more college football as we get closer to the season and recruiting and everything. Uh, it's it's going to be an abnormal year, everybody. I'm going to be back on here. I was going to try to do a scheduling show on Saturday night. More likely, I'll just be back on Sunday. We'll do uh, the next Last Dance, and we'll talk about scheduling. NFL scheduling comes out this Saturday night. That's a big deal for teams like Cleveland. Dallas, just talked about Andy Dalton, Dallas. Big deal. Dallas gets a couple easy teams in September, and, and maybe a, maybe a, 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 a dysfunctional Giant team, and they're 3-0. And then, and you looking at what you're paying Andy Dalton versus what Dak Prescott wants? I'm telling you, this is going to be really big. Hey man, no, hey, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, I'm doing the best I can with the limited sports that's being played. I think that we're going to. By the way, I was reading the NBA. Looks like a lot of teams are still going to be doing their thing. Uh, going on Friday, they're going to be. Um, uh, coming back in, we're going to be talking about that, uh, do, working out and stuff. I, th- I think the majority of the league will be back on camp Friday. Yeah, Atlanta is uh, – oh, Atlanta's uh, – yeah. Now, now they, by the way, that's a pro's hot seat too. That I forgot his name now at the top of my head. The Atlanta head coach, big hot seat for him, especially with Tom Brady, uh, with, with the new coaches, Matt Rule, and, of course – Breeze and, and, and the upgrades that, that, that the Saints have. That guy should have got fired last year, coached himself off the seat. He's going to be one of the big ones in the NFL. My number one guy possibly to get fired, him and Doug Marone from Jacksonville. I can see Jay Gruden taking over there. But uh, we'll do schedule. We'll talk about new schedules on uh, on, on Sunday. And Quinn, thank you. Uh, Sunday, we'll talk about New schedules. The Cleveland Browns picked up the fifth-year option to their tight ends. I wanted to do fifth-year uh, options, but I didn't get a chance to get into that. So much news happened between now and last week. But uh, we're going to talk about schedules and the documentary. It's going to be a big deal. Um, and, and whatever NBA news. It, it could be some big news come up in the NBA between now and next Sunday. So have a good night, everybody. You can follow me here, Sports Scope hashtag Sports Scope. At R Butler seven twenty three podcast Sports Scope uh, anywhere your podcasts including Spotify Sports Scope uh, uh, Facebook page Sports S K O P E just like it's spelled you can see it on Facebook you see my picture you see the logo everybody have a good night everybody I'll see you Sunday here on Sports Scope thank you podcast.